the shot. Welcome to Who Kicked the Quarter Flag, the Premier League Game Show podcast coming to you from Kansas City, Missouri. I'm your host, James Rose, and today I'm joined by the chairman of the KC Spurs fan group, the man who can drive faster than a self-driving car and who plays Seeker in Quidditch. Go Gryffindor. It's Jared Bustamente. How are you, bud? I am well. How are you, sir? Doing good, thanks. Doing good. And from the other bench, he's the chairman of the Arsenal KC fan group, the man who proposed the second Amazon HQ be in his apartment, and who once invited Mark Hughes over for dinner. Hmm. It's Boyce Richardson. Are you there, bud? I am indeed. How are you this evening, sir? I am doing just great. Uh, Once again, we'll start off with the weekly trivia question. Uh, This week, the question was, before Harry Kane, who was the last player to win the Golden Boot in consecutive seasons. Guys, what do you think? Hmm. Uh, Ronaldo. It wasn't Ronaldo, no. Good try, but not him. Didier, Didier Drogba. Didier oh. Drogba is also incorrect. I uh, thought you might know this, boys. The answer is Robin Van Persie. Uh, he won it with Arsenal in 2012 with 30 goals. And then he, of course, made the move to Man United and got 26. Hence the consecutive golden boots. From Golden Boot to Old Boot, gotta love him. Right, we're back with the top four game once again this week, where our contestants try to figure out which stories and games were the most discussed. Four points for guessing the first, three points for the second, and so on. Boyce starts us off this week. So, Boyce, what do you think made the top four? All right, James, this week I'm going to go with the strategic decision and couple in Manchester United's 1-0 victory over Burnley with the finally resolved swap deal between Manchester United and Arsenal for Mkhitaryan and Alexis Sanchez. Uh, do you know what? I'm going to give you that. Yeah, I was worried at first because technically the Man United result wasn't on there, but then you clawed it back with the discussion <laughs> of the transfer, which made the second spot this week. Uh, so that gets you the three points. Yes, after much speculation and toing and froming, the Sanchez transfer has finally been completed, uh, confirmed this morning actually, uh, with Mkhitaryan going the other way. So Boyce, good deal for both parties, what do you think? I think in order to be able to determine and evaluate whether or not this was a good deal for both parties, you have to factor in not only the players that were involved, but the financial and temporal circumstances that were involved as well. Arsenal were looking down the barrel of four months left of Alexis and getting absolutely nothing for him in return. Mm -hmm. And instead, in this particular case, they're getting Mkhitaryan back with two and a half years left on his deal at, I believe, the age of 29, so still in his peak years. And I think in the end, it it makes for a pretty good deal, especially when you consider the fact that Alexis Sanchez is now on 400,000 pounds a week at Manchester United. And Paul Pogba, given the fact that he's represented by Rayola, is now already clamoring to have his 200,000 pounds per week doubled. So my... True hope is that Alexis Sanchez is the ingredient that brings Manchester United to the ground. But we'll see. (laughs) Yes, we will certainly see. Um, Jared, what do you think Mourinho can get out of Sanchez? I mean, in terms of what the players, the usual starting eleven. I mean, I read reports that he might replace Juan Mata. Um, What do you think about... What do you think about that, and where do you think he fits into the team, Sanchez, that is? You know, I was trying to figure this out. I mean, I... 
I didn't understand why Mkhitaryan was uh, out of favor, and I every time I don't see Juan Mata on on the pitch, I'm I'm equally confused. Um, I, does this mean that you still have uh, Marcus Rashford on the bench? Uh, it's going to be interesting to see if you have a almost a front three with. Martial, Lukaku, and Alexis. I have no idea. Uh, but uh, Alexis is not exactly known for his defense. Uh, we have a hunkered down United team. Uh, I I don't know. Maybe maybe it gives them a little more pace, a little more. Uh, uh, I I hesitate to say creativity. I, I I don't think Juan Mata is lacking in creativity, and frankly, neither is Mkhitaryan. For me, a lot of I'm I'm kind of confused. Uh, I. I'm waiting to see what Marino is thinking, which is something that I've thought for a very, very long time. So this is nothing new for me being confused by this. And he gets paid a lot of money to make these kind of decisions. So I guess we'll just wait and see. But uh, I, I, I wonder how he'll fit in uh, both in the locker room and on the pitch. Uh, right, Jared, you're up next. We have first, third, and fourth still to guess. So what do you think? Oh, let's see. I will pick Arsenal's 4-1 dismantling of Palace. You would be absolutely correct. I'm surprised Boyce didn't go with this one, but uh, Jared, that gets you the four points because it was, in fact, number one uh, this week round. Yes, Wenger in as Arsenal bulldoze the Eagles with four goals in 22 minutes. Um, Jared, let me give you the question about Crystal Palace. They, I mean, they look shell shocked with those goals flying in in the first, obviously the first few minutes. Was it just a bad day at the office for them, or is there signs of defensive instability? Um, what do we think? The only word that can describe a couple of these early goals is bonk. I mean, I just, <laughs> I don't understand. I mean, Mon is, I mean, the especially Monreal's goal in the beginning. I just. I don't know. Bad day at the office. I think we can count that as as some of it. Uh, but I just don't see too, too many days where Monreal is going to walk away with two assists and a goal by the 13th minute. Uh, so hard to come back. You're you know you're playing away from home if you're a Palace against a uh, against an Arsenal squad that is just starving hmm. for a match like this and once they started rolling really really started to snowball quickly and even you expected them to pull one back and that and that was it i mean by halftime you knew it was going to be either 4-1 or 7-0 so hmm. for palace's sake uh way to pull one back but uh i i think this was a a hungry arsenal team that once once they got a bit of good favor falling at home they uh, did let off the gas pedal. I'm shocked that they didn't score in the second half, frankly. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of one of those things. They almost like felt they got the four goals for the win and uh, bolted the defense. Anyway, uh, Boyce on Twitter, um, I feel like you questioned the lineup when it was uh, released before the game. Um, so let me ask you this. What do you think, how did they win the game? Uh, what strategies did they employ? How was it any different to last week's performance where things obviously weren't going their way so what do you think was the big difference in this team i think primarily in the 17-18 season the big difference is the fact that they were playing at home i mean the weird fact that comes out of this game is the fact that crystal palace have amounted to arsenal's last two epl victories and arsenal have amounted to crystal palace's last two epl defeats Mm. uh it's a situation where I question the lineup, I think, primarily just because there wasn't anybody left. When you're talking about Eddie and Kedia being on the 18 for an EPL match that Arsenal desperately needed to win, 
it's just a situation where it was kind of shocking to see it going forward. And the reality of this match is the fact that I don't necessarily think it was a strategic wonder class by Wenger. It was just simply the fact that somebody in the Arsenal coaching staff figured out that if they could get the person in the corners to actually kick it past the first man and to the back post, that they might actually score a goal off of a set piece. And lo and behold, it actually <laughs> happened twice. Uh, it's a situation where you can't really describe any of the goals as particularly beautiful. I mean, the Montreal goal was nice, but again, that happened because the cross actually went over the first man, and Koscielny's goal was just bundled into the back. It's, just one si- <laughs> it's not one of those situations where I thought it was a particularly fluid performance by Arsenal outside of the first 25 minutes, and I'll be really curious to see how Mkhitaryan and potentially Aubameyang, in the event that that actually goes through, fit into this Arsenal lineup. But I will say, as a person that was at the local pub watching this match, it was nice for once to have Arsenal go up 4-0, and outside of lingering doubts regarding the Newcastle match from about five or six years ago, have a little bit of confidence in the fact that the team might actually win. I I think we discussed this in an earlier podcast, but when Arsenal was going into this four-match stretch where they were playing Bournemouth, Palace, Swansea, and Everton... The reality was I really, truly thought that they needed 12 out of 12. And right now they're already in a position where they're at 3 out of 6 and desperately need the next 6 points. But the reality was Tottenham's performance this weekend, coupled with Liverpool's performance, has somehow left Arsenal with some semblance of a hope for the top 4, which is absolute madness given the way that the season's gone. All right, boys, we're back with you. We have 3rd and 4th spot still to guess. So what do you think? Let's go with Chelsea's 4-0 demolition of Brighton and Hove. I'm shocked by this, but it did not make the list. Um, sadly, no, so that is incorrect. Jared, we're going to swing back to you. Maybe we can talk about Stoke 2-0 <laughs> over Huddersfield. Are as we going to compliment Stoke? As much as we love Stoke, they didn't make the list either this week. Uh, ah. They will do soon. Uh, boys, you get one more shot at, se- at third or fourth, so what do you think? Can we talk about Watford FC and the firing of their manager this weekend? We absolutely can. Yes, uh, that made the third spot this week. Uh, obviously, an off-the-pitch topic, but Watford have sacked their manager Marco Silva and hired Javi Garcia within 24 hours of each other. Uh, Watford, having just won one of their last 11 games, but sit 10th in the table. Uh, yet we see a swift departure of their manager. I'm hearing a lot about this story and the fact that Everton might have kind of meddled a lot during this, obviously, lead-up to this demise. Boyce, do you think it was the right decision for for the, the chairman of Watford to do this, or do you think they should have given him a bit of slack? What do you think? Well, it's strange when you mention the fact that Watford's presently set in 10th in the EPL table, and I think if you just took that by pure numbers and you weren't looking at the table writ large, you might be surprised by Silva's departure. But the reality is that at least right now, 10th place is at 26 points and 18th place is at 22 points, and you're talking about a difference of four points with 14 games left to play when you've only won one of your last 11 and just got demolished by Leicester. I know the scoreline was only 2-0, but the reality was that game was far more decisive than even that. So I think even though we lauded Silva in the beginning of the season and what he'd done with Watford and obviously Troy Deeney and Watford taking down Arsenal, I think the reality is that they're in a desperation mode right now. I think with the way that the bottom of the table stacking up and just how close this is, that it's going to come down to a matter of a few points. And the reality is, if they can spike this team 
and they can push forward and gain even two to three extra points out of this decision and potentially motivate players and get them in a position where Watford charges ahead and potentially grabs one or two results that they wouldn't have otherwise gotten, that this is going to be a decision that may overall be a positive. Jared, do you think Marco Silva will be picked up by uh, another Premier League club this season or maybe next season? If not now, then yes, next season. Uh, It was such a bright start for Watford. I think I don't really see this affecting his ability to get a job in the future. Uh, it It just seemed that they had a runabout for him. And to echo Boyce's point, I'm it is a race to the bottom, which we've talked about, you know, time and time again with this uh, season so far. And you know, there is quality on this squad, and if you can actually get uh, get some results coming down the stretch, then you're you're really talking about uh, a Watford team that can maybe do some damage. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, they've got they've got some matches coming up that are going to be that are going to be difficult. I mean, they have, uh, well, okay, not Stoke. Uh, and then you got Chelsea, West Ham, Everton, West Brom. I mean, these are you can you can get some points here, and and, and if you can turn it around uh, with fourteen uh, matches to go, you can you can secure your ticket for next year. Uh, right, uh, Jared, you have one more shot, and we have fourth spot still to guess. So, what do you think? Uh, Spurs and the anti-Michael Jordan flu game against uh, uh, Southampton. That would be correct. Yes, that took the fourth spot uh, this week. Spurs stutter against a renewed Southampton side. The game finishes 1-1. Of course, King Harry to the rescue once again for equalising. Question for you then, Jared. Did missing key players like Eriksson, Lloris, Alderweireld, who's obviously been injured for a while... Do you think that affected their their style of play, um, or do you think there was maybe something else that wasn't quite clicking uh, for Spurs? <clears throat> uh, I want to say no, but um, I think the lineup was a bit of a head scratcher, uh, and the substitutions were even more of a head scratcher. Um, I, you know, in in Poch, I trust, uh, but uh, this was a remarkably frustrating match to watch, uh, and. When you're taking off the likes of uh, uh, Wangman's son and leaving on a struggling, just very, very hard to watch Musa Sissoko, uh, it just it, it baffled me. Um, and then you bring on Eric Lamella too late, uh, and we uh, had to have uh, uh, Kieran Trippier come on uh, due, due to injury. It um, everything went wrong. But I will say, if this is a match where everything went wrong, and then you walk away with the point then so be it. This is a Southampton side that, renewed or not, uh, this this should have been three points for Spurs. While I'm I'm pleased with the fact that Pochettino, you know, didn't mention, you know, like he could have said, hey, everyone was sick, you know, kind of bail on it, that kind of thing. I uh, It wasn't until, you know, later comments where he's saying, look, more than one person was sick, all of that. I don't think he's making excuses. Everyone, uh, you know, don't go to Barcelona if you don't want the flu. The, the substitutions were were a little curious. I feel like we needed that spark of sun uh, uh, to still uh, kind of create some chances in there. And at the end of the day, just frustrating. I mean, I I don't blame Sanchez for the own goal, but uh, having having people back uh, uh, is going to be nice in the next two or three weeks. Mm-hmm. Boy, Southampton, despite recent struggles, I mean, they look kind of dominant in this game. I mean, they had some good passing moves, uh, good shots on goal. 
Do you think there's an argument for them to perhaps winning the game, or was it pretty even in that respect? What do you think? I don't really think that there was an argument for them winning. I mean, it's a situation where, as Jared alluded to, Spurs were sort of downtrodden by disease, not unlike the lasagna game that we referenced in the middle of the week. <laughs> uh, so there was a measure of in uh, remembering the glory of lasagna. But I think the reality is that Southampton should be lucky themselves to get for the fact that they actually got a point out of this match. The frustrating thing for Southampton has to be the fact that even though they managed to gain a point against Spurs, Stoke City, of all teams, actually won a match. So Southampton are stuck in 18th place. And I think it's going to be interesting to see whether or not the team develops a sense of urgency over the coming weeks because there's 14 matches left in the season, and Southampton are in a dangerous position right now. And I think it's a little shocking to look at the table just for the simple fact that I think that we've spoken... Not necessarily glowingly, but certainly positively about Southampton throughout the course of the season, and they are in a bind right now. Mm. And while I think in the end you have to consider this one point gained against a top five club, you're mm. still in a situation where Southampton are in desperate need of points, and you know they have an upcoming stretch of matches where I think that that's possible. But it's it's definitely mandatory that they make that happen. <laughs> Uh, right, let's swiftly move on then to our uh, next game, which we did play last week, and I think it was a huge hit. We're going to play another round of Rumor Mill. Yes, uh, the game where I will provide lines or a few sentences from British newspapers or online resources from the last three days. All the players have got to do is tell me if the words I read out were in fact printed or just something I came up with last minute. Basically true or false. Two points for each correct guess. Boyce is up first. Are you ready, sir? I am indeed. All right, number one. Chelsea have made a loan approach for Leicester City's forward Islam Slimani in their bid to sign a striker this month. Given the fact that Chelsea have been looking at Ashley Barnes, Peter Crouch, Andy Carroll, and anybody with two legs and an (laughs) operable walking pattern, I'm going to say that that's potentially true. It is true, yes. The Daily Mail printed that on the 21st of January. I believe they're just going for players that are at least six feet tall. Uh, but anyway, um, that <laughs> seems to be the case. Uh, right, Jared, this next one is for you. Tottenham striker Harry Kane will be a target for Real Madrid in the summer. With the Spanish club prepared to pay £200 million for the English striker? True. That is absolutely true, yes. £200 million would, of course, break a record. Will that ever happen? We've talked about it before. We shall see. Uh, Right, boys, this next one is for you. Real Madrid have told Portugal forward Cristiano Ronaldo that he can leave in the summer, with Paris Saint-Germain and Manchester United both interested in the 32-year-old. So this is I'm going to struggle with. I've heard rumors of Manchester United bringing Ronaldo back even in this particular transfer window, so I guess I'm going to go with true again. You would be correct. Yes, it is. It is true. Yes, the Yahoo Sport online resource there printed that one on the 20th of January. Again, we've had this back and forth for the last few years. Will he leave? Will he stay? I guess time will tell. Um, Jared, this last one is for you. Arsenal striker Lacazette reportedly not happy with the potential signing of Dortmund striker Aubameyang, suggesting concerns his playing time would be limited. Hmm. Playing time was already limited. Um, false. False is absolutely correct. Yes, that is something <laughs> I completely made up, trying to make it somewhat believable, but I haven't heard an actual peep from Lacazette about this, so let's assume that he 
and Mkhitaryan and everyone at the team are very happy. Right, so let's swiftly move on then to our last game, which again is a fan favourite. It is, of course, Player Profile. Five clues to a current Premier League player. First person to shout in and correctly guess said player wins two points. You only have one guess, as an incorrect shot will freeze you out. All right, these ones are kind of interesting this week, so let's give it a shot. Are you guys ready? Let's do it. All right. All right. Player number one plays for Burnley. Wears the number nine shirt. A Welsh international plays as a striker. Voice. Yes, voice. <laughs> Vokes. Vokes is absolutely correct. Yes, nice <clears throat> work on that one. Gets well, we officially know how long it takes for Boyce to Google the Burnley uh, uh, lineup. So. <laughs> I, was, I was like listening intently for any... Jared's still not over the fact that we in person had a contest last weekend and he still lost. <laughs> Very oh, bitter. Gosh. Uh, right, the second player is a right back. He is from the Ivory Coast. Boyce. To... Oh, Jared. yes, Boyce. Ah. Serge Aurier. Serge Aurier is absolutely correct. Yes, that gets you the two points. Okay, Jared, did you have it? Style. He didn't say it right. I mean, I... <laughs> is this like the Gangster's Paradise versus Gangster's Paradise debate that was going on a few weeks ago? <laughs> yes, or like the fellow that said Achilles instead of Achilles on Wheel of Fortune. I'm going to invoke that rule. Oh, that's funny. Too true. Uh, player number three is a high-scoring player this season. Once played for Chelsea. Voice. Yes, boys. Mo Salah. I'm impressed. Yes, Mo Salah is absolutely correct. The other clues... It was uh, that or Kevin De Bruyne. <laughs> it was, yeah. Outrageous. Good stuff. Uh, the other clues were Hadspell at Roma, an Egyptian international, and now plays for Liverpool. But nice work on that one. Uh, Don't forget, it could also be Lukaku. True. Oh my yeah. God, that's right. I suppose that could be true. Yeah, good, good point. Uh, player number four began his career at Southampton is an English player. Voice. Yes, voice. There are two options here. I'm going to go with Theo Walcott. <laughs> Theo Walcott is incorrect, and that freezes oh. you out. Jared, here are the clues. Recently switched clubs, now plays for Liverpool, and similar nickname to cow-like cattle. <laughs> to cow-like cattle. It's like a riddle. He's nicknamed similar to... Cow like cattle. <laughs> Don't want to give it away. <laughs> I'm embarrassed. I'm not going to get this. Oh, uh, no. There's legitimately only two players it could be, and I gave you one of them. <laughs> Any guesses? Any shots in the dark? We have uh, talked about him before. Oh, God. Uh, Phil Jones. Oh, Phil Jones is incorrect. <laughs> Boyce, what is it? <laughs> Alex Oxlade Chamberlain. The Ox. Oh, yes. Cow like cattle, Ox. Yes. I don't care. <laughs> well, let me give you this last one anyway, just as uh, just to make it all balanced. Uh, this last player is English, an attacking midfielder, used to play for Everton, recently signed for Chelsea. First name is Ross. Jared oh, Boyce. Jared just snuck in there. What is it, Jared? Ross Barkley. Ross Barkley. He said that was such a depressing Ross Barkley. Because uh, uh, but... <laughs> I got thumped. Good grief. <laughs> Ross Barkley is correct, though. That does give you the two points. And that is the game, fellas. And the final score, Boyce has come away with 13 points. Jared, close, but only with 
11. So, for the first time in the podcast spectrum, Boyce now leads the series 6 to 5. Boyce, how do you feel? I feel good. I, I feel good. Arsenal have Swansea and Everton coming up, and Tottenham have United and Liverpool. I'm feeling uh, a rise of red in North London. It's that, yeah, Tottenham's run. And then don't forget, too, the Champions League games as well uh, coming up uh, with Juventus in there for, for Spurs. That's going to be quite is, a run. Um, it is bleak. All uh, right. Got up, guys. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, but anyway, that's all we have time for today. Uh, big thanks to Jerry Bustamante and Boyce Richardson. Uh, do check out our social media and website, kickflag.com. Uh, of course, social media being Facebook, Kick Corner Flag, Twitter page, at Kick Corner Flag. Uh, and Instagram is building, but it's also there, at Kick Corner Flag. Uh, guys, any final words, Jared? Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> boys uh good luck to all the teams that continue to participate in the arsenal invitational fa cup this weekend (laughs) my favorite line was a actually was a post of alexis sanchez and it said you know what at least somebody has a chance of retaining the fa cup (laughs) that was amazing love it good stuff god bless the internet god bless the internet thanks again guys have a good week and take it easy bye-bye